yeah, I'm just gonna, we're gonna pretend like um, how we do it when, when it's not live. Hey, what's up everyone? I'm Iman. I'm Siham. And we are Pharaoh, and you're tuned into Power, your portal dedicated to the rise, awakening, and balance of the divine feminine energy that lives in every child, woman, and man. Power is the divine feminine energy and the divine masculine energy coming together as one to heal ourselves and in turn, heal the planet. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Power Portal. Um, this is episode 29. What's up, Siham? Hello. But also, what's really exciting is that we're not by ourselves today. This we're is the first not. time that we're having guests. We have Astral Black in the building with us. Y'all can hey, say what's up. What hey, do do? <laughs> yes. So um, I'm going to give a brief uh, just introduction of like what, why we're all here together as Pharaoh and Astral Black. We are currently in Minneapolis, Minnesota in the cutest bookshop called The Moon Palace. And um, it's cool. We're recording our first live podcast with guests here, um, and we're really excited. Um, but a little bit about um, why we're actually here um, in Minnesota doing uh, this uh, residency for almost a month. I'll just break that down a little bit. So Pharaoh Us are presented as part of the Minimo program that presents the world's leading Somali musical artists in the form of a month-long residency. Minimo, the Somali word unity, aims to increase understanding of Somali culture in Minnesota, which is a home to the largest Somali immigrant population in North America. The program was launched in 2014 in collaboration with Osberg University and in 2016 expanded into greater Minnesota. During residencies, Minimo artists connect with Minnesotans through in-depth community engagement across the state, including activities like workshops, class visits, and education programs, discussions, and live performances in Minneapolis, Mankato, and St. Cloud. While in Minnesota, Pharaoh will be working with the amazing collective Astral Black, who, is learn, who have learned and is learning our music um, and performing as our live backing band during this residency. Astral Black, known for their exploratory modern sound that merges hard grooves, Afrofuturist Afro themes, and soulful melodies, consists of musicians and producers Mike, Gregory's, DJ Just Nine, Elliot, and Proper T. Pharaoh, us, and Astro Black will conduct performances, community-based activities in Minneapolis, Mankato, and St. Cloud with a public live finale performance in each city. We're also working on some new music together um, with these talented guys um, as they are incredible producers and creators as a whole. So yeah, we have just been in this residency and um, I'm just gonna let everybody, uh, the guys introduce themselves. Uh, yeah, we could start with- uh, Say hi. Yeah. Hello, um, my name is Ken, I go by DJ Just Nine. I'm in uh, Astro Black. Yeah. Do a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Ken turned on his radio voice. He said, hello. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we love it. What's up? My name is Greg Grease, member of Astro Black, producer, drummer, MC. Oh, hey, I'm Elliot. Uh, thank you for having us on here. I play guitar and do some other stuff in yeah. Astro Black. Yeah. <laughs> What's cracking? <laughs> Hello, Mike. <laughs> My name is Mike. Um, I'm a producer, vocalist, um, filmmaker, and uh, multi-instrumentalist. Uh, also an astral black. But shout out to y'all for doing this and creating this platform and doing all this much-needed work out here and healing. And yeah, thank you. Excited to be on here. As yeah, well. thank, you. thank you. You guys are here doing yeah. the work with us. Yeah, and we appreciate y'all. You guys give us energy. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we love. I love that the Cedar um, and Minimo residency brought us together. What's really cool on Power is we also talk about like spirituality and 
you know, metaphysical energy and, 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 and just like attracting uh, thing, amazing things to ourselves. And I believe Astro Black was one of those things that I feel like it was the best You guys were uh, a manifestation of yeah. also. And that's what we talk about um, on Pow Her. Yes, exactly. Uh, so we appreciate that. And um, yeah, so like I said in the introduction, we have been, uh, for the last almost two weeks, we've been going to classrooms and um, university classrooms, high schools, uh, Boys and Girls Club, um, various communities, um, outreach kind of engagement we've been doing. And it's been really fun, and we're all artists, so, you know, we're not really morning, like, crack of <laughs> Yeah, dawn. we've been having to wake up early in the morning, and we're all just, like, looking at each other, like, okay, we awake, all right, let's yeah. talk. Um, but the beautiful part is, whenever we go into these classrooms, we just, you know, no matter how tired we are, everybody just um, energizes us as soon as we start talking, so we love that. Yeah, and just some of the topics we've been talking in class, in the, in the classrooms we've been... Um, cultural identity, oneness, acceptance, uh, global feminism, redefining success as artists for ourselves. Um, we talked about cultural identity and um, we talked about Islamophobia and Islam and, and, and being Somali women and Muslim women as well. Um, and um, yeah, all of that. So if there's any, maybe anything that anybody remembers. Anything memorable. Like you... from these last two weeks that you guys really enjoyed or appreciated or was shocking, whatever, and you know, <laughs> and I feel like also y'all are from um, different places, but you you know the city better than us, obviously. Some of you are from here, right? Well, all of you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of different memorable moments. Um, for me, one of the the memorable moments that was really powerful was when we were in uh, the Oromo uh, Somali Student Association meeting. And uh, it was a, just a really powerful meeting, good conversation. We were in this big circle. And uh, after we left from that class, we had to go to another class. And it was like in a whole another building, whole different area. And so we left from there. And uh, it was almost, I mean, that meeting was, it was such a good conversation. It was almost like we kind of had to cut it short. You know, and I, I felt like everyone wanted to stay engaged in the conversation in that moment. Yeah. But we had to leave. So we took off and uh, basically half the class or half the student association that was was with us just mobbed to the other class <laughs> and straight up took over this class. It was a small classroom and it yeah. was like we 20 it. extra people squeezing in, like asking all the questions. They took over the questions like, hold on, so tell me about. So that was real fresh to, you know, bring that energy because it was a really good conversation and energy and to bring that, you know, from one spot and just to walk through the campus with like 20 students, like women, yeah. Like that, were just like walking, like yeah, yeah. you know, it, it was yeah. it was real fresh. So yeah, that was that I love that. A, I love that was that. such a dope. And I thank you for reminding us because like we've all been doing this every morning together. So it's nice that we've been having these conversations, reminding each other. Like remember when that happened? Because sometimes <laughs> we're in the morning, like everybody awake, y'all good? All right, cool. You know. <laughs> so it's nice to like share these memories too. Yeah. I think that's also something we've bonded on is in the morning we're like yo. I'm mad tired. Like, yo, I'm mad tired, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we're all just so, like, so conscious. I love how in, in, all, in Astro Black's music as well, like, messages are really important. So we, it's just natural for all of us to just kind of be speaking like this um, candidly in classroom. So it's like the minute, like, everybody is in the classroom and it's time for us to speak, we're just, like, awake. Yeah. You know, because we're just meant to do this. Yeah. Um, anybody so, else have a memorable moment? Anything? Oh, I, um, this is Elliot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Elliot. I don't know, because we're on the radio, so I was understanding. No, it's okay, let's do our radio voice. Oh, okay. We don't know. Uh, um, 
I think I had said this before, but just watching the young people um, kind of actively uh, see, make role models, like as they were meeting you, as they were uh, kind of being af affected by your stories, the, um, specifically at the Boys and Girls Club. And that was really beautiful to see. And Yo, those girls were flipping and flailing. <laughs> they were so excited that you were there, and they were just like wanted to show you what they could do with their bodies. It was so dope. They yeah. were like, oh like it was a bunch of gymnasts. Like, we went to this dance class and did like a dance, which me and Elliot got in there. You know what I'm saying? Yes, <laughs> yes, it was amazing. Oh. But yeah, it was really the, like they were showing us their dance routines, and yeah. it was really special. Oh my gosh, thank you, Greg. You just reminded me while we're at the Boys and Girls Club, um, you know, there was, it was very diverse, you know, um, and there was also um, a lot of Somali uh, kids too. And I remember being a Somali kid, just culturally, like, you know, as a girl, I just was like, oh my God, am I allowed to dance? Should Always I dance? Self conscious. So self conscious, thinking, am I doing something wrong? And, you know, a lot of the young Somali girls had hijab and were wearing a scarf. So I know they were feeling, they were a bit modest. And I remember the minute we just kind of talked to them, they started getting really comfortable, but there was a Somali boy who was very protective of his sister. And he was like, I'm not dancing. I'm not doing these moves. And then I think Greg can feel that. And Greg got up and then Elliot shortly. And he really got into it when he saw you guys. Um, and he also saw that it was fun. And even the young girls, they saw that it wasn't, you know, the minute they got out of their comfort zone, they realized, oh, my gosh, like, it's not that, it's not that crazy, you know? Yeah, it's not so, that scary. Because we could see ourselves in them, like, you know, being that little girl that just had just shame and just, oh, my God, I'm, I shouldn't dance. It's wrong. For no reason. Um, yeah. So it's nice to kind of uh, help a, another young one out and kind of break them out of that. And it's like, it's just about fun. Yeah. So that was a memorable moment. Something that I think we uh, would be great to talk about is just, you know, our spiritual journey as artists, all of us. I feel like being an artist in itself is a spiritual journey. Yeah. Because there's so much like highs and lows. And, you know, I know for me, if I didn't commit to being an artist, I don't think I would be who I am today. Just going outside of my comfort zone and just constantly pushing myself. And being an artist, you have to be so vulnerable, you know, yeah. to be authentically you. So how has, you know, being an artist contributed to your spiritual journey? Wow, that's a good question. That is a really good question. <laughs> I like have to like really ponder. Um, I I think um, it it kind of for me personally it gives me a way that I can kind of channel. I feel like uh, my my energy and my spiritual energy into um, a form of like creativity that other people can kind of see and relate to. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of like the journey, um, I think it, it's it's a constant evolution and, and development. You know. Um, I think that sometimes um, I kind of allow outs, kind of like outside influences are, it's, it's kind of um, important not to, I, I should say, like allow like outside influences to kind of like guide or instruct um, where it is that I want to go, you know? And I kind of had to like realize that like, um, what do I want to do? You know what I mean? How do I want to express myself and how do I want to, um, you know, influence the world and affect people um and I feel like it was um through music and making the decision to like kind of be an artist and to go all in that I kind of really was able to answer some of those kind of questions you know for myself and yeah yeah that was great 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything Mike just said is like spot on. <laughs> but, uh, there's there's the other side of that too. Um, like m- music to me, and I think for a lot of people in this earth, you know, is that music is like a lot of people's religion. Like it's very spiritual, and and you you can just get energy from listening to music um, that you might not even necessarily understand. Like you can listen to music in another language you never heard of and you can resonate with it you know because you you can feel the vibes off of that and so it's just really um spiritual and it's just energy flowing um and i i just think that it's really beautiful that um art in general has that effect um yeah yeah yeah. the word i love to use or it's two words is spiritual blueprint and i remember when we first started being artists I don't know that I had my authentic voice yet, and that's normal. We're all just growing, finding our voice. Um, but I remember it wasn't until I had like you know just finding my my spirituality gave me strength to be powerful, to not worry about what anybody thinks. Like this is my song idea, this is my voice. You know, this is how I dance, this is how I move, um, and I realized wow, we're all spiritual beings and we all have a unique spiritual blueprint. Like, mm-hmm. And that's why it's hard sometimes where you know, people try to put us in their business model or their blueprint. And I just don't even, I can't believe I used to believe that, oh, I got to just find the blueprint that I fit in. And as artists, as a duo, as Pharaoh, um, with all the labels and layers, you know, just being Somali women, black, African, former refugees, Muslim, there was no box that any label agency or anybody can put us in um, that felt comfortable or that we were allowing. So I loved learning on my, um, on my awakening. I started to see everybody in such a beautiful way too because I was just like everybody that was like struggling or maybe facing the same struggles as us as artists trying to find our voice, trying to find where we fit. Mm-hmm. I started to see the greatness in everybody else like, oh my gosh, you're, you have your own unique spiritual blueprint too. Sometimes we're just trying to fit ourselves in other people's boxes and worlds, and it doesn't feel good. The minute we like walked away from things that didn't serve us, it was just like, I just had more space and energy. Feel lighter. And then it's like, I have the energy and space to create better music, mm-hmm. to, to you know, even pow her. This, this podcast that we're doing, we started this last year, and it was really for our own mental health, for our own healing, that my sister and I started having conversations about everything we've been through, like music, relationships um so yeah i just wanted to throw that in there and this is the first time we're doing a live podcast with guests you know all this like um hasn't even been a full year it'll be a full year in june that we have been doing power so yeah Um, shout out to us yeah. (laughs) yeah um uh for me uh it's uh really important because I think the correlation between spirituality and music and spirituality and art is like a, there's a huge connection there. Yeah. For me, it, uh, you know, I don't consider myself religious or I don't really have a religion, but I consider myself a very spiritual person. And I think that I'm connected to my ancestors and, and to the people that came before me through art and through music and, and through these things that we can cultivate. And so that's like a really... Me personally, whenever I make music, it's my way of being spiritual. It's my way yeah. of worshiping and my way of like, so, so it's a very spiritual thing. And it's, it's, yeah. that's, I think, why I make the type of music that I make. And it's, it's a very uh, like, 
I wouldn't say heavy, but it's very content driven in I think because of that. Yeah. And and for some people, you know, it's really easy to not put themselves as much in their music. And I mean that's something that I kinda fight with to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because my music, my music is so much uh, connected to my spirituality, it's hard for me to not like just put all of myself in yeah. every bit of music that I make. Um, but yeah, I think that it, it, there's a really big correlation there, especially coming from like my background, where you know my, my family's Christian and super like my dad, not religious at all. Never find him in a church. My mom find her in a church three to five days a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she's always listening to music, and always for her, the music is is like the really big factor. And I think you can go to any type of uh, you know place of worship, and for me, it's always uh, the music that mm-hmm. you know. I, I it doesn't matter, you know, if I subscribe to the religion, I can go in and listen to the music and just like make a spiritual yeah. connection, mm-hmm. yeah. like immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I, I think that there's like a it's it's interwoven for me. Yeah, it's, and thank it's so, you. You brought up such a great point, Greg. Go ahead. I know. No, it's so interesting how just growing up for me, like the the connection between spirituality and music, it just didn't even occur to me because you know, growing up, I'm, I'm st- still Muslim, obviously, but growing up Muslim, you know, a, a lot of the narrative is you know, music is a sin, and I just always felt so guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Like even in like while I'm creating music and while I'm like you know yeah, I'm, I'm going to do music. I still, like, felt that push and pull, that guilt, like, within myself. Like, am I, should, am I doing the right thing? Even, like, Islam, I had to, I felt like I had to relearn it for myself and really uh, find the spirituality in it. Once I made that correlation, it was like, I guess it just kind of became easier. I started um, connecting the music and yeah. spirituality and how I was feeling and really freed myself up creatively because... Yo, when you don't, when you feel guilty and shameful about something that you're yeah. doing, you're automatically closing off that creativity, closing off the connection that you have with God, because that's, you know, yeah. where you're getting yeah. all of that from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and that's not just with music; that's with anything you're doing. If you're at a job you don't like, and you're constantly like feeling that and and ha- like um, bringing momentum with that feeling, mm-hmm. you're not gonna in- enjoy what you're doing. You're not going to find solutions for your job. You're not going to find yeah. the creativity and the joy in your job, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yo, if I can, like, yeah. add on to that, that's so real because I do so many different things. I like to make things. I like to do all kind of random stuff and people are always asking me, like, how, are, how is it that you're doing all these, like, random stuff? Like, how did you get into sewing? You make music. And I'm like, I'm just a vessel. You know, and like I feel like the more connected I am to my creator, the more I have these ideas, and the more I like want to do more different things and all these things. So like, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I know yeah. like you know, there's all kinds of people. There's people that you know don't believe in a higher power. I feel like you know whatever you you call it, God, Allah, the universe, it's all the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and just. It's a great topic, right? Spirituality and religion. And when we started Power there were so many people that messaged us. And it was, I love that everybody had such different religious backgrounds. There was Christian people, Catholic people, Jewish, um, uh, a couple of uh, Hindu uh, girls reached out to us. It was just like, we all had different cultural backgrounds, but everybody was struggling with, oh my God, like, 
everything you guys are talking about feels so natural and normal, but mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel, it, feel like it's against my religion. Mm-hmm. And just even talking to um, a lot of, like, I'm Muslim and talking to a lot of my Muslim friends, you know, even just moving back to Toronto, just um, hanging out with my mom, she saw me and she noticed I was meditating a lot when I kind of moved back to Toronto. And she was just like, what are you doing? Like, she just see me in the corner of the room, you know, just closing my eyes, you know, finding my uh, center. And she'd be like, well, what are you doing? And, you know, she just thought it was weird, but she's heard the word meditation. And, you know, my mom prays five times a day. And, and I had to explain to her and remind her, I'm like, you know, it's, it's so interesting that we think it's this weird, like, blasphemous, weird thing when it's actually the most important thing. Like, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was meditating when he had the Quran revealed to him in a cave. Mm-hmm. Like, how magical. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, there's so much poetic things in the Quran, but it's just, I, feel, I find a lot of times a lot of things are, like, cultural mm-hmm. and really are not the word. Um, you know, so just spirituality is, 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 is just is the most important thing. Like, um, I feel like the religion is like a guideline because mm-hmm. we're all born into religions, right? A lot of us make the choices later on, but a lot of us, I, I believe I was born Muslim for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm, I'm living it right now. Um, but yeah, that was just one interesting thing for me. Like, it's like spirituality is all of us. Like, nobody's more spiritual than anybody, you know? And that's what I love. I was just like, I'm not more, I'm not less. And, and that's what spirituality teaches you. Yeah, I agree. I think the the religion aspect is kind of the thing that creates these bubbles, you know? Yeah. And the the spiritual aspect of it is kind of what connects all of us together. So you were mentioning how people kind of um regardless of which background they come through can find something they relate to um in yeah. your podcast a lot of the time. And I feel like that's kind of the a result of the interconnectedness of all the, these different religions, you know. Yeah. If you kind of look into you know, the history of, of things, you kind of find that, you know, oh, okay, these are all kind of based on similar principles and similar, some of the kind of divine uh, um, um, laws and whatnot, you know? Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I didn't mean to snatch. <laughs> I would, you know, I had a really interesting, because, you know, I've always made art and um, play music in different ways, but the kind of the spiritual connection for me um, happened maybe like in like 2012. And um, I was traveling through Africa, um, and it was a a school-related thing, and I was doing, um, like, this water project, um, but then had an opportunity to go just wander around, and so in my mind, I'm like, okay, um, I'm going to go to West Africa, because that that was important to um, my grandmother lives in in Nigeria, so I want to go there, and then I was like, I want to hitchhike across the Sahara. Wow. You know, like, it. that's something wow. I've always... So, and um, and I specifically also wanted to do it during Ramadan because oh, wow. I thought that would be, you know, um, West, Northwest and North Africa being predominantly Muslim. And I just wanted to be there during that time to experience that. And it's so interesting because um, I started in, in Senegal and sort of took cars and met up with, different people and made my way up to Morocco and um, every night um, so so it's interesting you know observing Ramadan here where uh, the society uh, in the United States still operates nine to five so the when you're fasting and um, and just being more observant um, everyone else around you is still doing the nine to five thing the schedule completely flipped when I was in um, Morocco and in Senegal. And every night there would be the most amazing music. 
I'd ever heard in my life to celebrate it was, uh, weddings, to celebrate just the, um, there were different um, people that that's, that's how they would pray. The, there were Sufi sects and yes. um, yeah. it, was, it was amazing. And that combined with the, the, um, the artwork, the uh, tessellations and mosaics and it was, it kind of, it just completely blew my mind. Yeah. So that, that yeah. What an amazing experience. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's really cool, like, how when I see, like, other countries that are predominantly Muslim, how they celebrate. It's so cool. Like, um, you know, growing up in Toronto, like, when, you know, Christmas time is so beautiful. You know, obviously, we weren't celebrating Christmas growing up, but, like, we'd see all the beautiful lights and things like that. And I would tell my mom, like, why can't... Eid and Ramadan be like this lick. Why could why can't we have lights? <laughs> you know, maybe we don't have a tree, but can we like exchange gifts? Like I always, you know, tell my mom things, and she's like, yeah, yeah, we could do. Like gifts are, you know, you know that's normal. Um, and she would tell me like, you know, a lot of Muslim countries have huge celebrations, and it's like every night it's something. And she's like, you know, obviously that's not here, but like, you know, my mom would try her best to, you know, make fun traditions and things. But thank you, like it, it's true. It's like a whole other world. Yeah, like Fez was a carnival, like every night. It was wow. just like lights and Ferris wheels and we can't wait to go. Magical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um oh, do we have questions? Is that what you were doing? Oh no no. Oh, okay. Oh no, I just uh, I wanted a napkin. <laughs> oh, that's what happens when we're live. See how needs a napkin. And just on this like conversation of um just spirituality, a lot of times um people are always like what do you mean by the universe, right? Like, what do you mean the universe will provide and things like that? And I remember I was one of those people that would ask those questions because I used to separate everything, but then now that I understand my creator, like I'm an extension of this, I can't even fathom what my creator is, all of us. I believe we all have the same creator. And then it's like, yeah, the creator, there's an intelligent universe that was created. And this is how I start to break everything down in my mind, like, okay, so... I don't believe the universe is evil because some people think the universe is evil. I've heard that out there and I was just like, what? Um, you know, and we know in, in the world there's like a balance. Um, uh, you know, if we look all over the world, right here in America, there's horrible things happening here. There's horrible things happening on the other side of the planet. There's also amazing things happening here and amazing things happening on the other side of the planet. So just knowing that there's always like that polarity happening. Um, but I was just like, okay, well, I can't control what's outside of me, you know? Um, understanding how the universe works, the first thing I learned was we live, we really truly live in an attraction-based universe. And I had to experience that for myself because I think when I first heard that or read that, I just felt like, well, that doesn't sound like it's fair. You know, it was just like my mind just trying to understand everything. But then slowly when I would just, you know, sometimes just asking yourself, like we have a soul, like we're powerful and our souls are listening and our souls are connected to this amazing creator. And are speaking to us. And are speaking to us all the time. Like, power is all about, like, soul, mind, body alignment. And our souls are always communi communicating through feelings. And then those feelings are creating thoughts. And our thoughts are creating our reality, which is my physicalness and my world around me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play a game with the universe. All right. <laughs> Let's see what this whole thing's about. And, I'll, and I would, um, I want to say our awakening, we're artists that... You know, have we, we've been living in LA for like seven, eight years and just moved back to Toronto, our home city. And I feel like our awakening happened in LA. And um, I'm gonna ask you guys a question in a second, but it's about like synchronicities and manifestations. And we, when I started to pay attention to the universe and my body, myself, it's like I would say something. Um, here's a fun story. So I remember one day, you know, I was about to um, 
getting ready to walk my dog. And I was just like walking out of my apartment and there was like this vase by the door. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this vase is empty. Like it would be really nice if there were sunflowers in. I just thought it. it would be so nice if there were sunflowers in this vase. In my head, I'm like, I don't have time to go to the flower shop. I don't even, I got to go to the studio anyway. So I walk my dog. That was my mission, to walk my dog, get some exercise, and we come back in. As soon as I come outside the door, I'm just walking. There's this guy on his bike, and he's just like, hey, wow, you're so beautiful, and so is your dog. And I was like, thanks, man. And he's just like, <laughs> I love your hair. And he's like, you know what? I guess um, he, he's like, he sells flowers, and he was literally from the back of his bag, has like 20 sunflowers, sunflowers, huge, huge sunflowers. And he's just like, you know what, this is for you. Here's three, and he gave me these three beautiful ones. He's like, it's on me, just take them. I just wanna give them to you. And he walked away and I said, universe! (laughs) Oh my God. And I was just like, why didn't anybody explain this to me when I was a kid, you know? And this, and this, you notice how none of this has anything to do with like culture and religion. It's literally just our power as humans. As humans, we have the power to focus on something and it can manifest. It's kind of like when we're like, oh, I'm looking for a new car. Let's say you want a brand new Honda Civic and you've just been looking at a red one. And, and then all of a sudden like, you see Honda, red Honda Civics everywhere yeah. on the street. <laughs> the exact model you want. You're just like, oh, I'm supposed to buy it. Like, it's, it's kind of like that. And some people are like, that's just a coincidence. And I used to be one of those people that was just like, that's coincidence, like whatever. <laughs> but the more of these things that started happening, the more I was like, it's not a coincidence. It's the universe saying, you ask. You ask how, how this works. And, you know, you, you ask and you shall receive. We've heard that our whole lives. And I really believe in that um, idea. So if there's any, um, and we'll open it up to our audience because, you know, it's our first time doing a live yes. audience. And I'm like forgetting we have a live audience as well. We but, love hearing manifestation stories. Yeah. Whether it's uh, manifesting sunflowers, pair of jeans, a relationship, because it all happens. A brand new car, whatever. Yeah. Um, if there's any fun stories or synchronicities, even like you go outside and you're like, oh my God, I keep seeing that same number. I keep seeing, if there's any fun stories you guys can think of. Um, I mean, I don't really have a specific story, but thinking about something, see him that you talked about in one of the classes, uh, when people were asking us about uh, being a professional musician. And for me, uh, making sure my bills are paid is a big part of that. Where it's like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make money in six months. We'll see. You know, but I do know because I know that my bills are going to be paid and I know that I'm taken care of and I'm going to be taken care of. And before I didn't really have that mindset, it was like a scramble all the time. But once I released that and I was like, I'm on my path, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing yes. and I'm being positive. It's just opened up like a flower, and it's wild. Like I, sometimes I'll be like, today I'm gonna get an email, and the email comes like, hey, you know, we have a thousand dollars for you. I'm like, okay, (laughs) and it's real. Like, and I don't even know how to explain it other than you know I believed it, and it happened. And and I think it it also has to do with uh, you know my overall energy and the fact that I'm like focused in light and, and as long as I stay focused in light the light shines on me yeah you know and, and yes. when I'm focused on dark it's dark as hell you know what I mean and, and so yeah I don't have a specific story but yeah I remember you mentioned that in one of the classes and I was like that's so real that's like my life <laughs> yeah no that that was perfect. oh yes yeah manifesting bills being paid that is I feel like we all have those stories where we think Man, I don't even know where this is going to come from. And then 
It just like falls from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> and I like what you said, staying the light, staying positive, because um, you just never know. Sometimes when you're, you just stay positive, even we know sometimes it's really hard to stay positive. There's, we're all dealing with a lot of real human stuff. Um, so, but oftentimes, like, sometimes the, the thing that comes is even better than what you are kind of wanting to. So that's really cool. Um, especially when there, those adversity times happen, especially when the darkness is there. If you stay in light, especially when the darkness is tempting you the most, yeah, I think that's really when it shines. Yeah, and because I mean, again, like you said, we're all humans, and you know, me saying, yeah, as long as I'm in the light, that sounds like <laughs> all nice, right? <laughs> right? But no, yeah. I mean, real life stuff happens every day. Everyone has families. Everyone has this big world. This crazy. Shit that's happening all the time. Yeah. And I think that those are all things that are, are trying to pull you away from your true path. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if we could... Oh, if anybody has anything you want to... Oh, I mean... Oh. I got a manifestation story, hey. I guess. Okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, these guys know I'm, like, a super synth nerd, super, like, uh, <laughs> into keyboards. And um, a few years ago... I was really into this specific keyboard, uh, the Daysmith Prophet, Prophet 6, and I was like super obsessed with it, like looking at videos on YouTube all the time, like, yo, I got to get this. And I was kind of just like, you know what, I am going to get this this year, I'm about to get this. And um, I happened, a friend of mine had told me about a grant that was coming up for um, artists, it was from MRAC, it was called the Next Step Fund, and I was like, okay, this might be like the universe you know responding to this because like yeah. it was like specifically for artists to like get whatever they need to get to the next step in their career and I was like well this is that thing that I'm yeah. trying to get to so yes. I can get to all my analog synthesis goals you know what I'm saying wow. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> analog yes. synthesis goals. So I, was like, I was like okay let's do this so I so I uh went and I applied for this is like for, I've never you know what I mean applied for a grant or anything like that before uh went into it applied for the grant um, and told myself in the beginning, like, I'm about to get this grant. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a thing of, like, oh, like, am I going to get it? It was like, oh, I'm about to do this. I'm about to get it. Came through, got the grant, and then it's like, you know, seeing it in the physical, got my keyboard, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the picture of it on my wall, like, on my vision. Wow, wow. that's so cool. In the same year, you know what I mean? So that definitely was inspiring. It was kind of like an affirmation from the universe, like, yo, you know, keep your head up. That was powerful. And you know what he said? I know, Sam, you, you caught it, too. He made a decision. That's what I love. He decided the grant is mine. And I think that's something we learn. When we make decisions, they're really powerful. Um, like deciding to not have split energy about who I am. This is who I am, and I'm comfortable with it. And it's interesting because my manifestation, I didn't even decide. That's what I love too. You can, you can actually decide that something is yours and claim it, and it will absolutely manifest. And sometimes you could just be like, Oh, it's, it'd be nice to have. It'd be nice to have some sunflowers <laughs> in a vase, and, and, and it will just happen. Um, and there's sometimes I'll try to manifest things, and I'll focus so hard on it, and it won't, it won't unfold as quickly as I, I'd like. And sometimes I'm just like, why? And then I'll realize it really wasn't the best or the most benevolent outcome. You know, like, I love using that word benevolent. It's just good vibes. Um, and I always ask for that. I want my highest outcome. I want my highest good. The most benevolent outcome. I always say that. You know, people are like, you sound like a witch. You know, people say that to me all the time. And I, and I love that word. I love the word witch because, um, you know, it had such a negative connotation for so long. But really, witches were just wise women. You know, they were healers. Women. They were doctors. Healers. And women weren't allowed to be any of these things back then. So they had to just be like, go see 
the witch up in the tree. Like, what? Like, why can't she? Why can't she have an office? Like, she's powerful. <laughs> she's you know? a doctor. She's a doctor. Yeah, she's a doctor. You know, and we're we're all, we're all about positivity and benevolent energy and um, that love and love. So that's what we're about. <laughs> it would be cool. Oh yeah, we can yeah. open it up to some questions now. I know we talked about a lot of awesome things. Anybody feels comfortable? There's like a mic right right here that you can um, be a part of the conversation. Or if Plug- anybody has any manifestation stories of their own. Yeah, like a, yeah. Yes, please come up. Thank you. Yeah, and you can just come to the mic. You can say your name if you want. You don't have to, just however you're comfortable. Yeah. Yes. Hi, I'm Rose. I go to Augsburg, so I saw you guys yesterday, which was Yay. awesome. Yay. And um, was that two days ago already? Man, time flies. The story that I wanted to share is um, a manifestation story, almost. Um, So I also want to share that my mom recently had a best friend pass away. Rest in peace, Marna. And um, my mom and I have been on a spiritual journey together for a long time. She's inspired me a lot. And so I'm really grateful for her. And the other day, she sends me a picture via text and it's of our Christmas tree outside. Yeah, we still have a Christmas tree outside, okay? <laughs> and I love it. it's got a rose on it. And we don't know how it got there. Wow. But she was just like, this is crazy. Like, that's such a sign of, like, love. And we think that, like, Marna definitely had a part in that. Yes. Wow. And that was just so healing for her to see that because she spent eight hours at the hospital for the past three weeks. Wow. Yeah. That is that was definitely a sign. One hundred percent, I believe that was definitely a sign. Yeah, I, we really believe on. Oh, I, I want you to no. finish. Were you done? Yeah. Oh my God! Thank you for sharing that. Um, Thank and you. I love I love that you shared that because um, a lot of times I'm an energy healer, energy intuitive. I like to consider myself, and I just have such a different relationship with death now. I know sometimes I know she just mentioned that, and I just wanted to like piggyback off of that. Um, and I really believe when people pass on, they're truly still here. I know not in the physical, um, and they do beautiful things like leave roses, leave feathers, you know? Um, and I just love that. I know a lot of people don't like talking about death and things like that, but it's a powerful transition, and it's something that we're all going to have one day, but it's, 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 it's not something we should fear. And I had a powerful dream, and I woke up, and I had this no more fear of death, and this was like part of my awakening um, last year, and I remember just like, just on my path of just getting into spirituality and reading about, um, you know, the astral world, astral black, you know, and, and, and the astral world is the, the, the unseen world, and, and um, I see energy, as some people are clairvoyant, I don't know if you've ever read about those things, but... Yeah, she's always looking at me like, wow, see him, you have a, just a green aura today, I'm like, yeah, all right. So, so, and I, and I think that's what also made me okay with, and with, with transitions and deaths because, um, um, I believe no one ever really dies. Yeah. It's they transition. transition. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you for sharing that. Cause I have thank a story you. Uh, my, my, my dad's brother, my uncle, we never met him. He recently died, um, uh, last month. And, um, so, um, yeah, we, the, the funeral happened pretty quickly, like, my dad's sister could only make it because it was just very like short notice, um, and I, I, my dad could not fly out. And I remember my dad felt really kind of sad about not be, be, being able to make it. So my dad's not very like 
he's not as maybe spiritually open as us. So I was trying to, you know, let, like he knows I see energy. And when I say I see energy, I like to think of the energy I see as angels. Like it's just energy. Like it'll, it'll be like, oh, to some people, like it'll be like, oh, well, how do you know that's what, what that is? Um, there's a lot of people who have their own versions and things, but I always tell people, what do you feel? Like, what do you feel it is? And I, when I see energy, I don't have a name sometimes that come in, but fast forward, I was in, um, so this like the day my dad's brother died, um, the next morning, my dog, and animals see energy, I'm sure you guys know animals are very um, clairvoyant and are tapped into the unseen world. So my dog was playing with somebody new, and I knew it was new because it was a new energy I've never seen, I've never felt that energy, and I never met my uncle, and I just knew it was him. And it was just like, kind of like a, kind of a transparent, like kind of like iridescent energy that's just kind of floating around. And I only started seeing energy two years ago. And I told my, bro my dad, and he wasn't ready, he wasn't ready to hear that. And I know sometimes it's scary, but some people, you know, like a friend of mine, she was like, I don't know if I believe that, and, she saw, like, saw a feather the next day, and I'm like, that's one of the signs, like, spiritual signs that, like, that, that was your mom. You know, she left that feather for you to be like, I'm with you. So loved ones are always focused. Um, so the beautiful Rose story, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, if anybody has anything else they want to ask. A lot of what you're saying is kind of resonating with me when it comes to, like, staying at the light, you know, in the dark, and with um, uh, deciding to go a path if, if it, like, it seems more than just a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I kind of lost my job at the hospital, and then I lost my physical green card, and I was like, well, what else, you know? Like, what, can, what else can happen? But um, I was like, well, this is my time to, like, pursue stuff that I could have never done if I would have was working that, that, those night shifts all the time. So I started trying to get into theater here and uh, started doing comedy, and um, the theater didn't go so well. Like, I could get two to three callbacks, but this place is kind of kind of cutthroat. <laughs> wow. But, um, you know, I was doing comedy, and then eventually a friend was like, hey, you want to be in my little theater troupe? We're doing a live visual album. Like, I, I've never done anything like that. They're like, no worries, I'll teach you. It's like, sweet, you know? And I started doing that, and I was like, you know, I wish that, like, more brown folks were exposed to this. More, like, there was more spaces doing mm. stuff like this, um, mm -hmm. like, led by brown folks. And I was like, one day I'm going to do that. Wow. You know, and um, then I got a job with Seward Cafe because um, they didn't care about me not having the green card. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out yeah. Seward Cafe. <laughs> Shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, eventually, uh, I was brought on to like help with this queer dance party that they did, and that inspired me. And then eventually, they uh, at their meetings, they were like, "We're looking for like radical programming to add to the to the Seward Cafe's events and stuff." And I was like, "I have an idea." After like I had this like weird dream with this like alien person, and we like went on this adventure. We like listened to music and stuff, and I was like, I don't I don't know who that is. And then after that queer dance party, a photo of mine came up, and somebody was like, Oh, you, you like your mother goose or something? Cause I had this goose on, in my arms or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, I proposed the idea of starting this variety show called Mother Goose's Bedtime Stories to the Sewer Cafe, and we did it there in their courtyard a couple times, and then inside a couple times. And then, um, you know, we, personal issues arose, and that went away. And then I was like, well, what the hell? You know, like, where am I going to do this thing? Is it, is it, so I just drop it? But then um, Roxanne of Southside Cafe was like, yo, I'll help you out with your show. So we did it at Southside Cafe. And then Southside Cafe had to close. And I was like, what's going on? Like, what's, wow. 
why can't I catch a break? And then this other venue, Lush, was like, hey, we'll take you on. I'm not a big fan of them, though. So I moved it on. I moved on. I was like, I'll do wherever. Pimento Jamaican Kitchen started, started booking events. I did it in their courtyard. Uh, I loved it there. But then um, I did a play at Pangea World Theater as Mother Goose's Bedtime Stories. Um, and now I'm partnered with them. And I, I feel like it's been that journey, you know, of manifestation. Yeah. And, and um, things aligning and, like, believing in that light, like you're saying. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. I love your journey. It's, yeah. like, it's powerful. It's, yeah. it, it doesn't end. Like, every step leads you to your next step. And, uh, you know, sometimes people are just doing a disservice to themselves by, like, stopping at the first, you know. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. our path, it, sometimes it doesn't, it's not the way we thought it would be, you know? It's a lot of uh, detours, but you always get to where you're supposed to be. Like, even more magical than you actually expected, but you didn't know you had to take these turns, you know? Yeah, exactly. I'm just, I wanted to share it because I'm like, like, I feel like, like you were saying, when, when um, you're in a really dark place, it might be easy to be like, well, this is it, you know? Yeah. But, um, I don't know, have faith in the universe and, you know, like, look for those pathways but don't try too hard I would say right like that's great yeah. that's great advice right absolutely it's, it's so true like the the trying too hard because I know we, we get it beat in our head like you know you know you gotta try hard you gotta work hard you gotta grind blood sweat and tears it's like you know ingrained <laughs> yeah. in us mm -hmm. but I feel like sometimes like we put so much resistance on our own path and the when we let go and we just let it flow I didn't mean to rhyme, but hey. it did. Uh, things, like your path, you, it starts to light up and you just start to flow to the next thing. Everything just starts to make sense. You're like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't know I'd be here like, like this. Exactly. But, yeah. Thank you so Thank much you for sharing that. Thank you so much it. for letting me talk. Yeah, yes. we appreciate you. Thank you. Yo, one of the things, too, that I really appreciate that you highlighted um, is that you know, we're talking about manifesting things and, and having visions and these type of things. Um, for me, one of the main things that I had to learn was that those uh, manifestations and those visions most likely won't appear the way that I think they're going to appear mm -hmm. to me. And once I kind of got over that is when it started to open up for me. Because I was like, how come, you know, I'm not getting booked for this tour? Or, like, how come I'm not? And it was like, no, like, your, your path wasn't that way. You mm -hmm. know, you have a different path. Yeah. And you're still going to be able to provide for yourself and take care of your family and, and these type of things as long as, you know, you stay in the light. And, and so, yeah, I, I, that... that was right on point where you know it's not gonna manifest like you know maybe you thought it was gonna be this one thing at first and then five iterations later it is what it was supposed to be and it's yeah. like oh this is it this is it you know <laughs> yeah like maybe, so maybe you gotta play that show that you got booked for in order to meet the tour manager exactly. at the show you know so it's just kind of being open yeah. to seeing the different angles and the different sides of it you know and having that discernment yeah. 100% discernment that's yeah. what it is and the resilience too because you know the universe is on its own time <laughs> <laughs> exactly. and as much as we want to will that, that to speed yeah. up you know what I mean it's you know you got to be willing to you yeah. know work within it yeah we, we try Divine to yeah, we try to control things so much sometimes like no no it's got to be like yeah. this and it's got to yeah. be in this place and it's like yeah yeah that does not work and when you realize that everything, nothing's outside of you. It all starts 
from within. Like for us, I feel like our biggest manifestations always happened when we took the steps in the direction that we wanted to go in, you know? Yeah, and that direction always, this is how you know you're on the right path. Sometimes we're like, well, how do you, there's so many paths, there's so many doors. It's the path that feels the best. You know, sometimes we're taught our feelings are like, fleeting and they change so often like we're, we're, we're actually programmed to not trust our feelings and I've always always been so emotional as a kid like just a crybaby um, and it yes, was yes I can attest to that and I love that <laughs> I love it because now I know that that was my superpower because really when we cry tears it's like healing like right sometimes it's like releasing maybe even some toxic like whatever, toxins from our body. Sometimes it's just healing tears and whether they're sad tears or happy tears, like it's the most normal thing for all of us to cry, like men, women, all of us. Um, so yeah, when we start to trust our feelings, it'd be like whether somebody's making plans with us or it's a decision like a, should we go, should we book that thing? Should we actually do that? Whatever it was, anytime we went against our feelings, it never went well. Like, especially, I know there's two of us working together, so sometimes, you know, as a band, like, we all have to make decisions that's best for the collective. Um, but now, we'll both look at each other and we'll both be like, wait, is that, does that feel good? We'll be like, I mean, it sounds good, but it doesn't feel like good. Like, whenever you're like, uh, no. You already decided no. that you're not fully aligned. And it's okay, <laughs> it's okay to let it marinate sometimes, because sometimes, like, you know what? I really can't give you a decision right now, and that's okay. That's our power to be like, you know, sometimes people are just like, well, I got to know now because we just got to process how we feel. Like, and that's okay. Yeah. We, you know, we don't have to know it all at once. But sometimes the whole point is we, we make decisions that, that don't feel good sometimes. And from there, it's just downhill from my experience. But also, most of the time, when somebody asks you something, you already know the answer. Like, you're, before even your mind knows, your body will tell you. You'll just feel like if, if somebody asks you something and you're just like, you get tense, it's your, a no. Your body spoke. It's a yeah, no. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're just trying to be polite or, yeah. Yeah, that just makes me think about uh, one of our brothers, <laughs> former member of uh, our band, Trelly Moe. We have this ongoing joke because whenever we ask him something, like, he's really good at that. And uh, <laughs> what he would do, basically, if you ask him a question and it's something that he's not really feeling, but he doesn't want to say no, he'll ask that question back to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he'll be like, yo, you trying to go get some pizza? He'll be like, get some pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as he does that, you're like, all right, you don't yeah, even yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to do that. That's just buying time. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Up. Smart, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I have a question. Um, do w when did you kind of understand that your power to manifest, and then have you used that um, for like intangible things like mind states or um, kind of uh, processes of elevation? Yeah. Hmm. I well, I was you know I'm always trying to I'm always allowing my highest good and to manifest my greatest path, what, what am I here to do on planet Earth? You know, if, if I'm already, you know, is there more that I could do? Am I doing too much? Like, I'm always trying to get, like, the right answer. Um, but I'm also just, like, through the asking and trying to manifest the best things, I, I was like, well, we live in this intelligent universe, you know, and our human bodies, like, this, 
I had to, that's a message I got from the universe. I am the highest form of technology. All of our bodies, mm -hmm. the human body, everybody in this room, um, you know, we have neurologists, scientists, and everybody <laughs> on planet Earth still trying to figure out the human body. You know, there's a lot of cloning things happening, but nobody has really created another body, another human body like this. And we're not even using most of our brain because we're still unlocking so much of um, the human brain and the, the body. So that's a manifestation I'm always... I'm open to, you know, like we hear about the third eye, right? And a lot of people are like, oh my gosh. Some people roll their eyes when I talk about the third <laughs> eye. And I'm just like, you know what? I kind of felt like that too because I thought it was something like, like fairy tale. Like, I don't even know. But then it was like, wait, the pineal gland, that's a real organ in our brain. And why aren't we using it? And then just, you know, our ancestors, all of us for thousands of years were doing these natural things, meditating, using our, 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 our other vision without the actual physical vision. There's a lot of cultures that, you know, yeah. actually, that's normal for your third eye to be open. Like, yeah. people even like wearing like blindfolds and but still seeing. Yeah, and all it means is like um, we have our physical eyes where we're all seeing each other, but then there's this other vision that we have, it's intuition, where we're able to see um, more than what meets the eye. And that's all it is. It's to make you more powerful. Uh, it's not to like mind trick people. It's not like this evil, whatever people think. I don't know, you know, but um, that's something I, I always try to elevate um, and, and see how I can be my best version um, as, a, as a human being. If anybody has anything they want to add, uh, feel free to get up and um, yes, please come on down. While they walk up, can I just say that yes. your answer in this conversation is exactly why I think that Pharaoh and Astro Black has been an amazing uh, collaboration mm -hmm. for the uh, residency because this is seriously conversations that we have like just regularly. This is a yeah. super regular conversation. <laughs> Some people are like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. This is like a regular conversation for us. And, and so then when we got up with y'all and we just were like immediately started having these conversations, <laughs> we're like, yo, this yeah. is crazy. So, yeah. yeah, it was a cosmic meet. <laughs> yeah. Hello. 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 Hi, guys. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's actually interesting that I'm here right now because I didn't have plans to come here, not for any particular reason, but I didn't really know exactly when it was, but I was driving and I was um, leaving my work situation and I was like, ah, I just need something to like fill me. Wow. So I was like, let me see what's going on. So I go to like Insta stories and I'm like, boom, this is where I'm going. Wow. Um, and then I get here and exactly what you guys are talking about is exactly what's happening to me right, right now. Wow. Right? So like, yeah. oh, yes. I love it. <laughs> I went through, like, I found my power of manifestation in 2016, literally in a waterfall in Costa Rica. It was, like, the most spiritual thing I had ever experienced. Wow. But um, the past two years has been a journey of me figuring out, like, where do I feel most like myself and where that power comes from. And so um, all last year I spent, like, I worked mad hard on, like, building my brand and doing all these things for myself and putting myself at the forefront as opposed to being the person behind everybody else helping them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I got this crazy opportunity, right, that I've only told like select few people. Um, and it's, it's this big opportunity to be like an online, like an on-air TV host. Wow. And um, it has all the glitz and glams and the buttons and the bows and like hella money. And um, wow. I'm five weeks in and I've never felt more sick. You know, like, wow. it's literally, like, I literally just, as I was driving here, I was talking to my mom on the phone, and I was like, Ma, like, I'm like, it just, it's like my soul is, like, hurting. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because I yeah. feel like just to be in that space, I have to leave too much of a percent. 
any percent is too much of a percent, but way too much of a percent of who I am. Wow. Right at the door just to do the job, right? Or just to get the perks of the job. And yeah. um, most likely I will be walking away from a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Right? But um, what this did, just going back to your point, is that I think sometimes it takes for you to get what you think you want to get clarity on what it is you're supposed to be yes. doing, That's right? So and so, like, I, I really yes. thought that this is what I was supposed to be doing because I thought that I wanted it. And, like, yeah. once you're in it and when you're, your body and your blood flow and everything is just not sinking, yeah. you're just like, damn, this is not it. And all of a sudden you look and it's like, whoa, that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to share that because it's just really serendipitous that I'm even here because I was literally wow. going to go home and just go to sleep because I'm so stressed out. Wow. <laughs> but I literally went on Insta story and I saw the guys that posted about it and I was like, oh, I'm going to go check it out. And then I just got like the most powerful confirmation of what I'm not supposed to be doing and the direction I'm supposed to be moving to. So I just want to thank you. Oh my God. For doing that. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. See, that's a powerful manifestation. And, you know, we, you know, didn't market this too much. Um, You know, we were still figuring it out, like what we were going to talk about. And it's our first live podcast. So that's so beautiful. Thank you for coming. This is our first live podcast that we're doing in, Minneapolis, yeah. um, and we're not even from here, but these guys are, so that, that's so cool. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm just, I love that story, um, and that's how life is. You are going to get your message on your way, leaving work. Um, you know, it doesn't have to come from the Bible or the Quran or this, like, religious old text. It could come from a billboard. It could come from the radio when you turn it on, anywhere. From because, Insta Story. From Insta Story, <laughs> from Instagram, you know? Like, wherever you're meant to go and be. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Yes, you're next. Oh, yes, there's time. I, you know what? I have no concept of time. It's 7.07. <laughs> um, but yeah, anybody could just wave me down for wrapping up. Okay, so this is going to sound... Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. This is going to sound like super, like, roundabout. Oh, but- hey, girl. <laughs> Sorry, it was a little... I, we, we met at um, St. Ben's. Ben's. Right. Yes. So, um, yeah, my name is Yeriset, um, and I was at their performance at the College of St. Benedict, which is my alma mater. Hey. Um, I graduated in 2013. Oh, dope. Hey. Yes. My bad. I graduated in 2017. 2013 is <laughs> when I graduated from high school. Dope, dope, dope. We're like, congratulations. <laughs> no offense to anybody that's that old, but not that old yet. <laughs> so, um, I kind of want to give like a little... like preview or like backstory to before I kind of go into like manifestations which I'm not even sure I fully understand at this point but okay so um I graduated college in 2017 didn't know what I wanted to do I went to South Korea on a Fulbright taught English there wow was not a fan wow um and then I got this super dope job at the Minneapolis Foundation and it pays pretty well especially for someone that just graduated college um, and that was like a total, like, it was the first job I applied to, like divine intervention had me type in this cover letter. Like I sent it, they call me back like the next day I got the job while wow. I was in Korea. They waited like three months for me. So I get here, this job is amazing. Right. And I'm supposed to like, love it. The problem is like, I'm not loving it. And, um, my aunt has stage four colon cancer. She's no longer on, um, any kind of chemo. She's getting palliative care now. Um, so we're preparing for her death and my pops wasn't really in my life. So my aunt helped raise us. So um, it's a big deal to my family. Uh, I also was just diagnosed with a pretty big like mental health illness a couple weeks ago, and it's sitting on my like shoulders. I'm not doing what I want to do with my career, and I'm in love with somebody that can't be with me. 
So I'm like at this crossroads, right? You never know what you're like at a crossroads yeah. in life where just yeah. nothing seems like it's making sense. Yeah. So I'm at that crossroads. And uh, last Wednesday, actually the day that I went to see y'all, um, two things are what encouraged me to go. Uh, someone posted on their IG story that they were going or that they like, they were like, oh, these girls are so amazing. And I was like, oh, that's dope. I don't know who they are. So I went Wikipedia, y'all. Um, <laughs> and then um, I was looking at my old college like Facebook page and they were like, oh, these girls are coming. And I was like, oh, shit. This, oh, sorry. I'm, I <laughs> no, no, oh, it's fine. cool. It's cool. <laughs> but like, they're the girls that I just saw on this person's like IG story. So I was like, I'm going to go. I told my little sister, I'm like, I'm taking off work. I'm going to come see you and we're going to go. And so anyway, long story short, I go there. Earlier that day, I met Ifra. Um, I don't know if anybody knows who, she's, who she is, but she's yeah. dope, right? She's amazing, yeah. And yes. I met her twice before. So this, like, like, you know, so I went to see her. I saw her that day. We had coffee. We talked, and she writes, and she's a storyteller, and she's amazing. And she's like, yeah, like, I can sense your energy. Like, you got to write. And I was like, thank you. That felt good. Yeah. And then I went to see you too, and, like, I got that creative energy, that creative vibe. And I was like, damn, like. This feels good. Like, this feels like the space I'm supposed to be in. Wow. So anyway, I go to sleep a couple of nights later, and I had this dream. Wow. And it is, like, the most intense, vivid dream I've ever had in my life. Like, I woke up, and I was like, yo, my, to my roommate, because she, like, she's really into all this, like, spiritual stuff. Yes. I was like, listen to my dream. And I'm telling her, like, while I'm eating my Cheerios, I'm like, this is what happened. This is what this person said. And essentially, I was in this dirty bus stop in da- or bus station in downtown Minneapolis. It's um, the Greyhound bus station. It's a horrible place. Don't go there unless you have to. Okay. Um, <laughs> funny story. Took that uh, bus all the way to Newark. Don't ever do that. Yes. Thank you. Um, I don't know if anybody's been to Newark. No. We've done that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Not but I was at the bus, bus terminal, right? And like, no one can help me. And like, all these people in my life are like passing through, and I'm stuck in this terminal. I don't have enough money. Like, there's nowhere to go. I'm trying to go somewhere. Kentucky, of all places. I don't know what the heck's in Kentucky. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, so I wake up to my roommate, and I'm like, she's like, we're talking later on, and she's like, yeah, like, you, I'm like super lost. Like I'm really depressed. Like I, uh, whatever. And she's like, you know, like your mind, like your heart and your soul, like are not in a line with what you're doing. Like that's wow. essentially, I'm like in this haze. Right. And people call that depression, like a cotton mind or whatever. Yeah. But essentially like I'm not in line with what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I go see y'all and then I come here and I'm hearing this and I'm like, I think I'm supposed to like hear this because what I really want is to write. That's my passion my whole life. I yeah. majored in English in college, and I try to do all this other stuff, social justice things, and I'm really into that, but like writing, writing about social justice, writing anything in general, and I have this book, and my aunt's about to pass away, and essentially it incorporates like the strong feminism and womanhood that has existed and led me to be who I am. Yeah. And I don't know, but all that seems like it's culminating to this great moment where like I'm yeah. supposed to be here hearing this, mm. And being motivated. In a bookstore. Yeah. In a bookstore. Yeah. But I do have a question yes. after yes. all of that. So my question is essentially, you guys are all artists. You are pursuing your dreams, right? And like the odds of making it in this world as like an artist are kind of like slim because there's, you know, everyone's vying for that opportunity. What recommendations do you have for somebody that, has like this dream or has this passion but is scared because I'm sure the first time you got on stage it was terrifying right yeah Ifra wants me to perform at this like thing in a couple of months and I'm like yo I don't know if I can do that like that's (laughs) scary so how do you get your voice how do you how do you get comfortable with that yeah so I'm gonna leave it Uh, well someone who used to have major stage fright 
even now, my hands are sweaty, and I don't know why. I'm just like, okay, cool. It's your first live podcast. But, <laughs> but um, I couldn't sing in front of people. I couldn't speak in front of people. Uh, but just, like I was saying, you know, just being an artist has allowed me to go outside of um, my comfort zone. And when you just do something, you just, you get better at it. Like, I didn't, I stopped um, saying no to, like, performances and stuff and I just started doing it and every time it just got easier and easier it's just our minds you know it's just fear and you know I won't say fear is not real yeah but love is more like the love that I had for what I for for the arts and for singing trumped my fear of you know not doing it and I can tell that you're very passionate about writing and you know I actually really hate the narrative of like, you know, struggling artists and you know, if you're an artist, you you you're probably yeah, not going to make prepare it. To struggle. You, yeah, prepare for failure and it's just like, you know, I don't even consider failure failure, you know. But um, you know, I started cultivating a mindset of, you know what? I am abundant. I'm going to make money doing what doing what I love. Yeah. And by cultivating that mindset, and and really feeling like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna be good doing what I, what I do and really it hasn't it hasn't not been good yeah yeah <laughs> but you it's it's about cultivating that that feeling within yourself like it might not happen overnight yeah. but you know I often think like how the heck did I even become this person you know yeah but just it, it doesn't happen overnight but it just depends on the momentum that you're putting on the feelings. Yeah. And make sure they're feelings that support your well-being, that support yeah. your desires and what you want to do. Um, yeah, and I just want to add, thank you so much for sharing that yeah. story. I really appreciate that. And also, you mentioned mental health, which is such a huge thing. And, you know, I still dislike that there's such a stigma on mental health because it's something that we all feel our feelings. We all, um, I believe... Um, experience an array and different levels of anxiety and depression. We all do. We just don't know it. Um, And as an energy healer, as an energy intuitive, what I've taken from it, because I've experienced depression, I've experienced anxiety, and what I've learned is depression is um, often we're holding on to the past. Sometimes that's trauma that we haven't healed. It could be just anything. Even, for example, me holding on to a past relationship that wasn't good for me, but holding on to that, like, was still carrying that imbalance. And then anxiety, it's me not being present. I'm too much in the future. Um, and we've both have used to deal with anxiety a lot. And it was because we weren't appreciating the now. Um, we were, oh, we're just always, like, waiting for the next, trying to figure out the next. And it's, it's not sustainable to be in the future or to be in the past. Being present is what we should be doing as humans. And um, my advice to anybody is, you know, um, get clear and, and give yourself the time to heal. We're so hard on ourselves. That's one thing as artists, as creatives, we cannot beat ourselves up. We cannot judge ourselves um, because that's just not going to work. Like art is literally flowing. Like ideas, words just come to you, you know. We're all connected to this great we're all expanding and connected to this great energy that is full of everything we want. So, you know, taking care of ourselves and kind of falling back sometimes will give you the clarity of, oh, wow, I just give myself a few weeks to just kind of let go of, the, of that momentum. Like, even us, like, beating ourselves up that we don't have X amount of songs done. You know, we've been trying to even find moments with Astro Black to create music, but we've all been, you know, working around the schedule um, and just 
wanting to get music done, but we knew that we had to kind of fall back a little bit, allow inspiration, you know, allow the, um, all of that. And Greg, you spoke something about, um, I think we talked about it maybe at Osberg University, as artists, like being really like creative and like finding a lot of like really cool gigs. Like, um, I know you talked a little bit about it and it inspired me to tell that, yeah, we were vocal coaches for a little bit and we were making, paying our rent. And it was, like, you could have never told me that I was going to be a vocal coach. Like, <laughs> you know, I remember even when I um, was, somebody, like, brought the idea to me to, to, to expand. Like, it was a small class. They asked me to, can you just vocal coach these kids? And they were like, oh, this is what I'm paying. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, like, the energy I was giving to the kids, it was like, you know, some were, like, 8 years old and some were, like, 17. It was, like, an interesting age gap. All of a sudden, it started with one class to I had eight classes in this place, like it was just so random and you could have never told me that was gonna happen. And it was like, we were able to both live off that. She was also teaching some weekends, we were like breaking it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, Greg, you can, I feel like speak to like, he's such a creative, like all of them are such creative people, but also I love that um, we were hanging out at their studio and there's this amazing like suede bag with like just well-made, like you could buy it at any designer store. <laughs> he made it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, so as, as artists, like, we wear different hats and we're just so creative and I know Elliot paints as well. So there's so many ways that when we allow it, that we can make income, you know, before we even have that big hit, like even us, like, you know, we don't have like this huge hit song that's keeping us, you know, yeah. paid, you know, uh, we find different, um, different opportunities that come to us when we, when we allow it. And so. you really have, have the power just in this digital world, you know, to get your stories out there, to get your voice heard. Um, and it's not about having a million followers or, or having like this like huge platform. I think believing in yourself and believing in your art and your craft is the most important. It's all about, there's nothing out there that's gonna, you know, make you who you are. It's all about how you feel about yourself and deciding, yeah, I'm, I'm a writer, you know? Yeah. Like, I've lived in, in such a gray area for, for so long in the past that, you know, I wasn't fully saying, I'm, I'm a singer, I'm an artist, you know, I wasn't committing to it. But when you commit to it, the opportunities you want come to you, I promise. Yeah. And yeah. even just um, speaking on, um, you know, the, um, I'm sorry, I, I forgot your name, but your, your story about your, you know, having like your, your, your dream job and you not feeling, you know, like good about it. Yeah. And some people are, are in such a, and I felt like we were in that position, like, you know, we got our dream, like, record deal, and we weren't happy, you know? And, and the first thing that we did was just check in with ourselves and, you know what, what can we do to cultivate a feeling of oneness within ourselves? Forget about everybody at the label, forget about everybody who's telling us what to do and all these voices. What can we do? And when we did the inner work, then and nothing was changing around us. We're just like, okay, you know what? It's time to exit. So sometimes doing the inner work, things might change in like around you when, when you start from you first. Mm -hmm. But you know, you just, every, every, every situation is, is different. Yeah. But um, you know, I, we weren't ready to, to let go of it until we did yeah. everything that, that we could to, you know, change the situation when we, felt like we couldn't then that's when we left I don't know how far along you are in your uh, your dream right now but um you know I pray for you and I, I send your, you yeah good energy your, it's a part of your expansion that's exactly what I was gonna say 
Yeah, if you guys wanted to add to that. Um, yeah, we have um, about uh, five minutes left. Oh, okay. Just, uh, yeah, quick time check. I mean, I think you all put that so perfectly, you know, like follow your light, do what you're supposed to be doing because like you said, your body knows, right? And so like you can feel it. You can feel when it's right, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've had a number of different junctures been at that space. And it's kind of a when you're in tune, is you do, you kind of don't feel like you have a option almost. You're like, yes, yeah, so I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm shutting down. That's not who I am. And I can directly attribute it to these factors when you give yourself time to center um, and, yeah, and prioritize what's going to move you through to the next place that you want to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's also like not allowing the fear of of failing or how other people might perceive it to hold you back from your ultimate dream and your ultimate goals, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say one of the things that I think has been a reoccurring uh theme is re or defining what success means to you. Yeah. And like redefining what that means because, you know, societally it's like, oh, you know, I got to have a nice house and a couple cars and whatever, you know, but it's really about happiness and doing what you want to do and being able to, you know, provide for yourself and, you know, your loved ones and Yeah. yeah. I think so we I might have time for one more question. No? Or do we? Okay, let's do it. Probably three minutes. I wasn't counting. <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing, and I feel like I need to cry for hours after this. Oh, my God. Oh, You're welcome. Thank in, you for In a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah, but my name is Apoorva. Um, I struggle a lot with living my life for myself um, versus living it for my parents and my family. Um, and it's really hard because I completely understand the sacrifices that they make. Yeah. Coming from a poor immigrant background, um, and in some ways, their happiness is my happiness. Yeah. But how do you, when you have all these different conflicting responsibilities people are putting on you, um, but people you care about and that you don't want to exit your life, how do you live your life without feelings of shame or guilt? Wow, that's beautiful. I, I've li- we've lived in shame and guilt for a long time. So I think um, I can, I feel like when we, when will I, I'll speak for myself, when I just, cut those feelings out within myself and was like, you know what? I, I came on this earth to live my life. I, and even, even our parents now, you know, like I'm, they're just like, I can't believe you. Why'd you guys pick this career? It's just like yeah. the hardest and the, you know, the craziest and they just don't understand. They'd rather us just, you know, yeah. do anything else basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but um, just cause I know that, that, that relationship with your parents where you're just like, oh my gosh, if I live for myself completely, like, are you going to disown me? Like, we had that feeling. Um, or are you just, or are we not like, going to be, like, good a part anymore? Of the, are we not going to be a part of the community? Are we not going to be a part of the family? Um, and I, I know that's, like, a real fear, especially as women, you know? I always felt like our brother didn't get that kind of, like, he could play outside all day, and it's like, us, get in the house, you know? <laughs> anyway, that was just how we grew up. But um, our parents... Um, I realized when we started having real conversations, like I remember like just two years ago, which is like not that long ago, and I'm an adult woman, and I was telling my dad, like, he's like, oh, well, our tradition, our culture, no, you can't do that. And, we was, and I remember thinking, like, you're not making any sense. And he's like, I'm your father, you know, don't talk back to me. And I was just like, and I, you know what I said to him? What about my mental health? I literally remember, I got like, that was like the easiest thing, and this is my rebuttal for anybody. Um, my mental health is that I listen to my feelings. My mental health is I need to um, figure out how to navigate 
this human existence for me. And our parents are amazing. And I was telling my parents, I didn't have the choice or I didn't get to grow up in Somalia, you know? I'm pretty sure our parents, like, and you could tell your parents, like, I know the way you were raised, you got to, you know, grow up in, the, in your country, but I'm growing up in this country where I'm kind of creating my own third culture. And it doesn't mean I'm going to leave my traditions behind or anything. It just means I'm becoming and you got to let me, you know? So sometimes it's a hard conversation. I know with like immigrant or refugee um, kids and parents. But, but before even the conversation with like your family, it's a conversation with yourself and just deciding, yeah. you know? You got to decide within yourself first before you even have a conversation with your parents. Like, you know what? I'm going to do what makes me happy. Because really that's what happens anyway. People end up living for their parents. You know, they get the job their parents want them to get. And then all of a sudden they're just like, I can't do this. Everybody has a breaking point. Yeah. But you don't have to get to your breaking point to decide. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think uh, this is a great place, place to, to end. end. Thank you all thank for you being so here. Um, thank you. Yes. Let's get the class yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> thank you all. And yeah. Um, yeah. thank you to all you guys, our listeners. Yeah. Thank you. You guys can say bye. Uh, Astro Black's in the building with us. Yes. Yeah. Peace, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> thank later. you. I'm so glad, you know, we're having a conversation with um, other people besides ourselves. Yeah, that's why I'm just like, bye, see him. Well, if, if anybody listens to Power, it's like, all right, bye. Okay, we don't know how to end our episodes, but yeah, thank you, and we love you. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. I just need, like, more now. Thank you.